Hooley. On the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Yeah, there's all this talk now that the Redskins are soured on Dwayne Haskins and they might take Tua and Dwayne Haskins didn't grasp the playbook. You saw him play, what, three times, four times? I saw him get better every time he played. I don't know what they're talking about. but New regime, you know. Yeah, it's hard when, when you're not the guy. It is hard when you're not the guy. Uh, it's not hard when your guy comes through. That's the uh, epitaph of yesterday's Michigan State-Ohio State game in East Lansing. Cassius Winston came through, and uh, the Buckeyes' best player, Caleb Wesson, struggled in OSU, loses to Michigan State. But the good news is, Mr. Spillman, we may see Sparty again on Friday in Indianapolis mm-hmm. if Ohio State can get past Purdue. Well... I think the Buckeyes are taking your advice, shutting it down until the NCAA tournament. Shutting her down, eh? Well, I mean, that's what you, you want people to do. Everybody wants them to shut it down. What's we'll get, the point? What's the point of winning the Big Ten? Who cares? We'll get to the uh, emails and people weighing in. Yes. Spielmanhooley podcast at gmail.com. I took an informal survey. On our question survey. of whether they should lose the second game yeah. in Indianapolis, which I now, that it's Michigan State, would like for them to win. No, oh, why? That would make them tired. Here's what I would do. Be fatigued. Well, they were fatigued yesterday, whether you want to admit it or not. They couldn't play defense laterally on the Michigan State guards. And it looked to me like Muhammad and C.J. Walker in particular were gassed because Winston just kept going right around them. He does that to a lot of people, but I think Ohio State can play better defense. Uh, Here's what I would do Saturday, if uh, excuse me, Friday, if Ohio State beats Michigan State. I would kiss the court in Indianapolis when I left the court. Say goodbye. Yeah, it's okay for Michigan State to do that. It's fine. I get it. It's one of their traditions, and they tell everybody don't get upset about it. So if Ohio State did it Friday, they shouldn't get upset about it. Why? Why would Ohio State do something that Michigan State does? Just saying. See if they don't. See if they don't mind it. Why? Michigan State's like you shouldn't mind it. It's a party tradition. So you know that's fine. Why are you instigating? You're just instigating. I. Just think it would be just have an them, interesting <laughs> test case. Let's just have it's easy play. to say it shouldn't bother you if I wouldn't even you notice. Let it not bother you when someone does it to you. Well, I, I mean, if it's not directed at them, what's the point? I guess just I'm just saying. Is that only after about, wins? No, they do it at their last home game of their senior year. Okay, what's wrong with I that? I just think it's dumb. All right, well then, so they they're up there. All their basketball fans think senior tackles dumb. Do they not? I'm sure they do. So. But every school their does thing. senior tackle, don't they? Let them have no. Well, they have their own different traditions, yeah. I guess. But let them have their thing. What's, Fine. What? Good for you, Sparty. Kiss the floor. I don't, you're, you take. They not heard of the coronavirus. So They've not heard of the coronavirus. The yeah. CDC highly uh, does not recommend kissing the floor. Yeah. Well, I, I think they can kiss a, the NCAA's goodbye if they play like that yesterday. Yeah, they can. You're right. So, what gets into Caleb Wesson? In uh, games like Minnesota, the ball at doesn't home. get into him. Well, Minnesota at home, well, it got into him early, and he got blocked, and he soft, you know, went up soft. And uh, here's a captain obvious statement of the day on the Monday edition of the Spielman Hooley podcast: Ohio State cannot win a game where Caleb Wesson has one field goal. One. That was a dunk, right? One. That was a dunk. Yes, he had one against Minnesota. Oturu outplayed him. Uh, he might have had more than one at Iowa. But he has these games um, too often. I just don't quite understand it. You think it was because they didn't get it into him? No, I just think this. Here's what I know is that that was a different team than I watched play. Um, They cannot duplicate the energy that they have at home on the road. Michigan State was clearly on a mission and a passion. Yes, Um, they were. You want to see a senior play and rise to the Mm. levels as Cassius Winston. You played great. Clark, uh, I thought Clark did it. You were, were you at the game or were you watching I it? was watching it. Yeah. Clark did a great job and said, no, oh, this is where Cash and Winston has to take over and, mm-hmm. and forecasting. And mm-hmm. Cash and Winston, Cassius Winston comes back and hits two threes. They can't get off the floor. I mean, there's no elevation um, from all of them. I even think Liddell has sometimes get in trouble off the floor. But with Caleb and, and Andre and any of those guys inside, Bruce, they're they, – there's no explosion. They cannot get off the floor. And yeah. Michigan State, I mean, I just don't understand it. We're not a super athletic team. We're not even no. an, We're not even an athletic team. EJ Liddell's athletic, but uh Yeah, Liddell's CJ, athletic. CJ Walker played CJ Walker played fine. He was tired and defensively wasn't good, but offensively he continues to mm-hmm. be good. 
Andre and Caleb really struggled. Uh, Muhammad struggled. Washington was eh. So that's how you lose, what, 80 to 69? Well, they, they need, what's the prognosis on Kyle Young? When uh, is he supposed to be Chris back? Holtman said yesterday that he could not have played against Michigan State, that they did not hold him out as a precaution, uh-huh. and that they hoped to have him back for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they, Why? They, Sit him down. Shut him down. Shut uh, everything down. Don't I would, even go. I would. <laughs> Here's a problem when you play Purdue. You're playing a team that needs to win twice to get in the NCAA tournament, and you're playing a team that has the capacity to play great. They just absolutely smoked Iowa at home. They're a team that's different at home than on the road, but Mm -hmm. when they're playing in Indy, that's more home than road. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they lost to Purdue. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat Purdue either, but I'm going to make a prediction. If they beat Purdue, they're going to beat Michigan State. No. Yeah, they're going to beat Michigan State. I don't think they're going to beat Purdue, actually. But anyway, that's just my feelings. Well, because you, Purdue you've will be a desperate team. Me. You've enlightened me. If they're a desperate team, yeah, you've enlightened me. I mean, <laughs> you're, da- you're soured on them now. No, I'm soured on soured you. Soured on me. That's true. That's true. You're true. But so, soured I on mean, my you attitude. You were so adamant about that, and I went home and I thought about it all weekend, and I Win thought one, to, lose one was what I said last week. Yeah, but why? Why even go then? What's, Be home. Put your feet up. Get rested for Thursday NCAA tournament. What's the point of even going? Seriously, what is the point of even going? Get the kinks out. Get the kinks out. Work the kinks out. So you use the Big Ten tournament. It's just a scrimmage. Tune up. That's that's okay. Yeah, that's the philosophy. You're already in. You don't have the haze in the barn. You You want to? You want to? You you know what? You want to? You want to talk about that? Then what's the point of playing the games? What's the even point of the season? Let's save it for the email segment because a lot of people will want to weigh in on that. We got a lot. We look at a full page of new emails from people. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. I just I'm very frustrated with that. I mean, I don't understand. Competition so you want to go and win the tournament? Oh, I want to compete out. every time you cross the lines. You cross them for real. I didn't. If that I ever didn't, changes for me, I didn't intend for them to go out and tank. Yes, you did. No, I'm just saying if they, it's not a big deal. It won't bother me if they lose. Once they get out there and start playing and sweating, and I watch. And I asked you, do you think Chris Holtman would bother Chris Holtman if they lose? And you said no. Okay, well, I don't think it would bother him. But I also don't think he's tanking. I think there are probably uh, six coaches, seven coaches over there who wouldn't really care if their team lost in the conference. Fire them all. (laughs) Fire them immediately. Oh, you're a beaut, my friend. No, I'm not. I just don't lower my standards ever. Okay. I guess I can accept that. No, you can't, but it's I'm, okay. I'm you just got a different mindset. I'm looking long-term. I'm looking long-term As at to the what? NCAA tournament. Sweet 16 is the holy grail oh my for the gosh. What if they have to play two games in a week in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> or are they going to get exhausted? Fresh. Are they going to be exhausted? Or they my... have to do it. Man, they're 22, 23 to ask a kid to play three games in one week. Got plenty of people who believe in your view on this. Thank you. Uh, we have three champions in the Big Ten basketball. We have Maryland, we have Michigan State, and we have Wisconsin. I was going to queue up the Mark Turgeon postgame interview with Andy Katz yesterday where it was like a minute and a half long, and I wanted to see how long. When I watched it, I thought, I wonder if he's going to complain about anything here. He complained for the first 45 seconds. I saw that on your Twitter. Just complete, complete. Oh, we had so much pressure on us this year, and this team played with so much of a burden. Sorry you're talented, and people expect a lot from you. I think what he's doing is justifying the job that he does or trying to prop up his job and what a great coach he is. I think all coaches do that by nature, Bruce, in one way or another. Yeah. They really do. Self-preservation. Yeah. And I I don't don't think they – they want to be whiners. I just think they do that by, as you said, self-preservation. So uh, Illinois beat Iowa last night, seventy-eight to seventy-six, and uh, they're going to play if things break. They'll play the second game in the Big Ten tournament if things break right. I think Iowa has to win its opener, but it shouldn't have any problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that game last night had a lot of chippiness to it, so that'll be an entertaining game. Buckeyes game is Thursday, six thirty p.m., and then they would of course play Friday, six thirty p.m. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll win those two and play Saturday. And play Saturday, and they have only five days before they have to play again. How are they ever uh, going to do that? Since it's Michigan State, I have uh, reordered my paradigm for the Big Ten tournament. Wrestling Buckeyes finished third in the Big Ten tournament, which I don't know if that's 
about what they should have done or not what they should have done. Iowa won it. First time Iowa's won it since 2015. Penn State's the dominant team. Ohio State finished out of Penn State. That's a good thing. Colin Moore and Luke Pletcher are all Big Ten. Yeah. The, we got to uh, get Tom Ryan on the show sometime. Yeah, we'll get him on. I watched uh, the Penn State match and surprised they, they beat Penn State. Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State. Big Ten is. Loaded. I think this is is the golden age of the Big Ten yeah, as far yeah, as all hard to know, argue with football, that. basketball, wrestling, yeah. uh, even the lac- lacrosse. Big Ten is some of the best in the country. So I, I think the Big Ten as a whole has done really well. And I think what spurred that on more than anything was when the Big Ten Network was born and the cachet that that brought, and and, the, and, and for the ability to pay. Cash, coaches, the cash, the cash a, to the coaches, the and great coaches, yes, and the cash, exactly, both, yes. Uh, also, congrats to Kevin McGuff and the Ohio State women. They're going to be in the NCAA tournament. They made it all the way to the Big Ten tournament finals, and then ran into what many people think is a number one seed in Maryland. But uh, they played well. They beat Michigan, so yeah. Michigan can't beat Ohio State at anything. <laughs> That's the way we just want it. The way everybody wants. I wonder it. how that rowing match. I don't think Michigan's beat Ohio State in rowing since we got the new boathouse. Well, as it should be. <laughs> now you're going to be happy this morning. Why? I'm, I'm kind of edgy this morning. A little actually. bit. A little bit. You're going to be happy because I'm waiting for the name here. Uh, da, 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 da. You, oh. adv- you advocated for this, and now it has happened. So you spoke it into existence. Uh, Pranav Pranav Rama mm-hmm. has been fired. Pranav Rama. I didn't want him to be fired. You said he should lose his job over this, so he did. Pranav Rama, if you don't know, is the person who asked Jeff Okuda at the combine about his sloppy play this year. To which Jeff Okuda responded, "What are you talking about? Uh, put the tape on. I didn't have any penalties." La 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 la. Well, he then the guy also said. You guys, know, with all the penalties, Akuda said, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "Ah, eh, sloppy, like penalties." And Akuda's like, "Ah, check the tape. I didn't have any holds. Didn't have any pass interferences." So last week, I noticed Mr. Pranav Rama, who worked for something called Scorecrow, which I've never in my life heard of, but they must be doing okay because they sent him to the combine. Uh, Pranav Rama last week doubled down on his uh, question to Jeff Okuda, tweeting that. Yeah, I get it. You guys are on me because I ask tough questions. <laughs> he said, here's the tweet. He said, so apparently I was trending yesterday because of how I pressed Jeff Okuda. It may be just a play or two, but those plays are the difference between a Super Bowl and a couch sitting at home. It's our job to ask the tough questions, whether the general people like it or not. This, of course, incurred the wrath of Ohio State Nation. And I believe I even tweeted at him the line from the old Kenny Rogers song. Got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, yeah. know when to walk away, know when to run. Uh, he obviously asked a question of Jeff Okuda. I don't have a problem with him asking tough questions, but that was a dumb question. There's a difference between a tough question and a dumb question. That was a dumb question. You could have asked him, what did you do to clean up your sloppy play from your sophomore year to your junior year? That would have been a fair question. Mm-hmm. Instead, he asked a question about him playing sloppy his junior year, which he, of course, did not. So, uh, Score Crow has let Mr. Pranav Rama go. Well, he said he left. He said he... He said he left. He tweeted that he left. Then here's an official statement from Score Crow. We have let Pranav Rama go from our site. His error in judgment and lack of research involving Jeff Okuda at the Combine was inexcusable. That's what you said. It is. We understand that people make mistakes, but Pranav not only embarrassed himself and us, he also doubled down. Instead of apologizing for the lack of preparation and moving on, he made the situation worse. It was unprofessional and does not reflect our values here at The Scorecrow. We strive to be accurate and give intelligent analysis in our sports coverage. Again, we apologize to Jeff Okuda along with our fans and readers. We continue to bring you top-notch sports analysis, blah, 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 blah. Well, they ticked off a big potential client. It's a tough, fan base. It's fan, a tough base. fan base to alienate. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? The original, (laughs) the voice of experience. He says, uh, this was the original question that got Pranav on the road to unemployment. He said to Jeff Okuda, sometimes you have a tendency to get kind of sloppy. How are you going to improve on that? Okuda said, sloppy in what way? See, that's a great answer. Uh, Rama stammered a bit and said, sloppy with penalties and stuff like that. (laughs) 
And Okuda responded, I had zero pass interference, zero holding. So put the tape on again. I think you might see something else. And then a day later, Mr. Rama doubled down. Now he's been let go or he's left. He's no longer there. I wonder how old he is. Can you look up and see? Uh, he look. I, I googled him today, and he didn't. His name didn't pull up anything on Twitter other than his uh, unfortunate exodus. So from it's all, his it, job. So it, I would say he certainly looked under thirty. Okay, me. so it's a. It's. I, I wonder if it's an age thing, and and maybe, you know, uh, maturity issue of this day and age, where there's such a lack of accountability on these guys, and. You know, when you come at somebody and say zero, pe- I mean, with penalties and stuff, when you didn't know that the kid that you're covering or you're going to ask a question to had zero, a defensive back had zero interferences and zero holdings, then when you say something like, you know, penalties and stuff like that, that exposes that you're a fraud. That had you he said, be, you know, do you, do you, I mean, can you improve on your hand usage? Can you improve yeah. on your footwork? What about route recognition, Jeff? How do you feel? Where are you at that uh, part of your development as a player? Can that need improvement? Where do you need areas to improve, do yeah. you think, to make the jump to the next level so you can play at the standard of the third overall pick, assuming you're the third overall pick? And so he's lazy. He's not accountable. You're talking about I, the reporter. Now. Yeah, I don't like the fact that the guy got fired, but there's got to be some accountability and – he he was the one that basically fired himself by when he doubled down and yep. and for that website to have any credibility whatsoever, what are we doing here? In fact, who's the guy that sent this guy here? Yeah, my guess is Pranov lives in the Indianapolis area or somewhere close enough that he could drive there. Unless I'm just I'm not tuned into the gambling world, so maybe the Score Crow is a big time outfit, but I'd never heard of them before. I don't know either, but I just know that. Your credibility as a site, right? I mean, I I had one of those experiences, and, and I don't know if I regret it or don't regret it. Um, it was uh, in, in New Orleans, and there were these two reporters that came up to me after a game, and I wasn't a nice guy back then. I'm a totally different person than I was as a player, to be honest with you especially after a loss. And it came up after the game, and, you know, I'm expecting questions on, okay, what did New Orleans do offensively to uh, stop or have success against your defense as far as the Lions go? What did they do offensively to have success? Or that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. Instead, I get, you know, what was the defensive schemes and things that New Orleans were doing against uh, – the Lions offense. Well, I'm not watching. No, that's not your thing. The offense. Or what do I think about the, you know, I, I just, it was very frustrating. I said, do you know that I play defense? You know that I'm a linebacker? And so that those things frustrated me. If, if somebody asked me a good question, hard questions, I did have the understanding, I think most reporters will say this, because they seem to love to run to my locker after a loss, that if they asked a hard question, I would give them an honest, hard answer. Mm-hmm. But if it was a dumb question, I wouldn't answer it because it's not my job to do their job. Does that make sense? I have absolutely no problem with that. I have Anybody ever called you out for a dumb question? Yeah, John Kaczurski called me out for a dumb question one time. What was the question? Do you remember? The question was something about, you know, they're getting beat by Michigan. And he got frustrated, and I said, John, he said, you know the answer. And I said, yes, I do. I need you to say it. Mm-hmm. I can't say it. I can't say how disappointing it is. Nobody cares how disappointing, how disappointed I may be. They care how disappointed you are. Mm-hmm. So I need you to say it. Sometimes the dumb question, there's a reason you ask it. I'm not averse to saying, yeah, I understand. I know mm-hmm. how you feel. Like, for instance, yesterday I would have had to ask Chris Holtman about Caleb Wesson going one for eight. Yeah. And I would have tried, to, fi- I to, tried to find a way not to say, did that hurt you? I would have said, how much did it hurt? Why do you – why? I would have gone, why? Everything is – What is it? I said with uh, Coach Holtman last week, in the middle of the week, I said, because Caleb had played well. And I thought, if he keeps playing well, they're going to be hard to deal with. So I said, 
when he has games like he had at Iowa mm-hmm. and like he had at home against Minnesota, what do you identify as the problem? So I, I was trying to ask what could have been asked as a dumb question. Hopefully, in a oh, way that's, that's you have to do it. Hopefully, like in a way that's not dumb. Hopefully, like, how much does it hurt you when Caleb yeah, struggles? I, that's see, yeah, to well, me, I'll, like I wouldn't answer that question. Yeah, I wouldn't answer that question. And if I need to tell you that it hurts our team, then you're not very good at your job. But if you ask it like that, or said, is there an explanation for the inconsistency of Caleb Weston's play? From your point of view. He could have said to me, well, Iowa played him this way and so-and-so played him this way. Now, he's probably not going to say it because if there's a secret sauce to defending Caleb Wesson, he's not going to want to put that out there. He's not the best player on a team, by the way. C.J. Walker's the best player on a team or the guy that's playing the best right now. You called him the best player on the team. He's not. He's not. He needs. He's their leading scorer and leading rebounder. So you would think he would be the best player on the team. I don't believe he's an all-Big Ten player, first, second, or third team. I don't. I think his inconsistency is such that he's not one of the 15 best players in the Big Ten because you can't have you can't have eight post players on the first three teams <laughs> in the Big Ten. And this is a year where the posts are big. You're going to not, you're gonna not have – No, he's not a draft pick. You don't think he's going to get drafted? He's not a draft pick. Do you think he's coming back to school? I don't. And I don't know that he necessarily should. I think he's uh, – Caleb Wesson is uh, has worked – look, I want to try to be as as uh, fair to him as I can be. He's worked really hard. He's worked extremely hard on his body, and he has tons of basketball ability. But he has some limitations. He's not a high riser. He's not explosive. He's uh, – I don't believe – explosive enough or tall enough or quick enough to operate in a low post in the NBA. I don't believe he can put the ball on the floor with the speed you need to have to put it on the floor at the four position in the modern NBA to make moves on people. I believe he's going to make a very nice living for a very long time in Europe. And so if he decides to do that next year, I won't have a problem with it. If he wants to wait a year and play, uh, complete his career as a Buckeye, I would Certainly, be fine with that you think too. There's a chance he'd come back. No, because I think he and I think he and Andre. This has been a unique experience for them yeah. and for their family. And I believe Caleb believes he's an NBA player, mm-hmm. and so I believe he's going to leave after this year. And then they'll be fine. I they hope I'm. Learn. Yeah, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I hope he is gets a shot at the NBA. He'll get a shot. I just don't. For you asked me my opinion, and it's right. just my opinion, and I'm not a scout, but I have asked other. Guys who've been through OSU, who've played in the NBA, and who currently coach in the NBA, does he fit? And the hundred percent return is, I don't see how he makes a living in the NBA. Okay, so, I don't either, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. You know, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him achieve his dream. This is not for Caleb. This is just for everybody, and it's just kind of a, I think a philosophy that I had. With my kids, I said, um, growing up in the Little League and even through high school, look, just keep working hard. Your effort is the only thing you control, which yeah. is true. And you said he works hard. So I had this conversation. Once they, two of my children played, F, or, or one's playing now uh, a sport in college, and my son played in college, and they said, but I'm working hard. And you know what my answer was to that? You're supposed to. Everybody works hard. Yeah. What are you going to do that sets you apart? Yeah. What can you do that's special? Working hard no longer matters. That's a given. I'm not even going to address working hard. Now it talks about what are you going to do when or what can you do that's going to set you apart so that coach cannot take you off the field or off the court. And so I give credit to guys that work hard. I admire people that work hard. I come on this show and talked about the NFL guys like Khalil Mack that work hard. OBJ I talked about in practice that works very hard. Tyreek Hill out of Kansas City. Richard Sherman. Uh, guys that are, are really great players and great talents that work really hard in practice. Nobody's interested. That's of course you work hard. There's a reason why you're good. Now, what do you do when that when it comes game time? 
Do you step up and perform at a consistent level, or are you inconsistent? And one game you're up, and one game you're down. I'm not. I'm not specifically talking about Caleb. I'm talking about millions of athletes over the <laughs> hundreds of years that have played sports. Working hard is a given. When you reach a certain level, everybody works hard. In fact, you're an outlier if you don't work hard. That's right. Uh, we are approaching a landmark on the Spielman and Hooley podcast. We are? We almost have a sponsor? Wednesday. No, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Wednesday will be our 100th episode. And I think we should give away a prize on Wednesday. So, would give one of your uh, one of my books, one of my bobbleheads, no, one, one of, of my drink, vit- one of my drink mixes. one powder drinks. <laughs> so I don't know what. Uh, here's what we could give away if they're amenable. Is our they're not the official coffee sponsor of the Spielman. Tell the people podcast. what amenable means. Agreeable. Okay. They're the, they're the almost official coffee sponsor of the Spielman Hooley podcast. Uh, the uh, good folks at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters who emailed us last week and talked about how much they love the podcast. And there and they, they are and again. They, and they made us laughing, and they make the angel harps play in the middle of uh, the podcast. So if the uh, if our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters want to come up with a gift pack to give away, we'll give that away. If not, I'll dig into the Hooli Prize Vault <laughs> of past Ohio State Buckeye stuff and uh, come up with something, although I'm sure the uh, – how about the chocolate coffee bars? A six pack of chocolate coffee bars, candy bars, coffee flavored. I asked you uh, which of these coffees appeals to you: Nicaragua Cafe Diego, mm-hmm. Hunter's Blend, Hunters, Hunters. Blend. What did I say? Hunter, Hunter. Yeah. Redline Roast. Uh, I'm gonna say anything that doesn't have decaf. Beside anything it. that's not decaf <laughs> would appeal to you. Which is a wasted. So, people have to enter this by email. If you want the if you want to be in contention for the prize on Wednesday's 100th edition of the podcast, you have to email SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, uh, and it, you have to answer one question. This will show that you're a longtime listener of the podcast, loyal okay. listener of the podcast. What is the name of our NFL consulting firm? Okay? <laughs> yeah. If you know the name of our NFL consulting uh, firm. Which Ours, nobody Spielman is. and Hooley, NFL <laughs> consulting firm. Which, by the way, nobody has taken advantage it has of no, yet. It has no sponsors <laughs> yet I either. took off. <laughs> but at least you got to get the name out there. I want so to tell the, the coffee company, what's the name of it? Hemisphere? Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. I need a, if we're going to do this, I need a mug for the for Yeah, the, we need a mug for the show. I need a bu- mug, and i got to buy the Keurig, which I'll do. Do they have Keurig pods, did he say? I, per- I, I, I don't want to sit there and go through the process of grinding... Uh, all that. I just can, I can't uh, handle can all the, that. We can do the grinding here at uh, Hooli Manor. <laughs> we'll have coffee fresh brewed for you yes. when you step through the door every morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. All uh, right, let's go to the emails. We're early in the emails, but we got a lot of emails to get through. Uh, Martin, our winner of the last big prize on the podcast, which was the one-year membership to Premier at Sawmill Athletic Club, emails the show. Martin says, myself, my three teenage kids went to the Illinois game. My summary of game ops, Value City Arena is the artificially loudest arena I've been to. It's a cross between WWE and Arena League. If they weren't so obviously trying so hard to make it loud and enthusiastic, it would be better. But the flip side to that is, then it wouldn't be loud. And I could do without the -the over-the-top announcer while he's obnoxious. I actually like the songs they play, but the announcer and the volume are just so incredibly over-the-top, it's sadly obvious what they're trying to accomplish, that it's borderline embarrassing. Wow. Um, I don't yeah, know about that. I don't blame really, the announcer. It's really loud. Well, no, they wanted him. The, they, Matt McCoy, our friend Matt McCoy, used to be the announcer, and then they got this guy who's more of a WWE guy. But, but he's only doing what he's told to do, so yeah, of I don't course. blame him. Of course, of course, right. of course. Uh, then Martin says, I like snarky. Can you write down the snarky things Chris is imploring you to stop saying and email them to me and others who find it very amusing? That's funny. Okay. He says, I do get what Chris is saying, and I don't completely disagree, but, man, you are quick-witted, and I enjoy some good mockery. Don't take it away from me. I'm not sure I want to sow the seeds of discord in the uh, household. I, I think you can be snarky Listen, factually, I tried, I tried yesterday. you get personal. I tried yesterday not to go down an unhealthy road. I was frustrated with certain <laughs> Buckeye players. Who I may or may not have texted you about. <laughs> but I did not tweet it. Donald on email. And you can email the show, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. 
I really enjoy the podcast. I often find the two of you that the two of you view the world with a similar lens as I do. Not sure if that's good. I would move every game back to St. John Arena if given the opportunity. I think the OSU Athletic Department's leadership is very strong. However, I think the Schottenstein Center is and was one of the biggest mistakes on multiple levels. Second, I would disagree with your point about the validity of someone's opinion based on the number of Twitter followers they currently have. Examples of people with millions of followers whose opinions are not worth very much are plentiful. He says, full disclosure, I have 33 followers. (laughs) (laughs) I often hear both of you mention the book of James, most underrated book of the Bible. So much can be taken from a short book and applied to every way of life. Thanks for the quality work, Don. Did we ever vouch for people? I, we might have. Made, I may have made a side comment one time that well, they have X number of Twitter followers. I don't know if I was serious. I don't, I don't in know that about that or not. I know yeah, this. No, I know that just because they have a lot of followers. I know that mean. you and Don are delusional that or have this some um, uh, d- pipe dream about St. John Arena. I just say it's a superior basketball arena to Value City. That's my only statement. <laughs> They're never moving back there, but. They should it's turn not, val- They should turn awful. Value City Arena into a monster truck the, rally. The seats are, are made for people that grew up in the 1920s. Yeah. Bring in a bunch of dirt. Get Kurtz Brothers to bring in a bunch of topsoil. Make a bunch of moguls and hold motocross races in Value City Arena. Love That's it. That's about all it's good for. Love it. Uh, John says, on the topic of the Big Ten Tournament and the Buckeyes and what they should do, he says, you play to win the game. If kids can't play a busy couple of weeks of basketball, you need to find a <laughs> exactly. new hobby. Thank you, John. He says, I really got a lot out of the last 10 minutes or so of Monday's podcast. Chris talking about starting over and changing the bad things and bad habits. Bruce, you brought up James 417, my life first from my senior in high school. Thank you both. It was needed. You're welcome, John. Thank you. Look at all these email spiels. Rick. People aren't actually listening. Rick says, I, he's not a fan of the announcer at Value City. Bring back Matt McCoy. Okay, Rick. Yeah, we got love you, Matt. Got you down. Uh, he says, Bruce, I loved your tweet on the math about Bloomberg's campaign spending. Yeah, I just put it out there, you know, it was not a million do- a million dollars per person. It was a dollar fifty and what his net worth would have had. Dollar fifty three to be exact. Dollar fifty three. Uh Tyler, maybe last name maybe first. Uh he says, Hello, this is Derek. Are you it's Derek Tyler? He says, Are you are you available for basketball training for my kids? I'm not sure if he means you or me. Does that is that a snarky thing to us weighing in on basketball? Uh, maybe he he has us guessing. But I am available, or you're yeah, available. available. You're looking for extra money. I'm looking <laughs> for money. Yeah. Uh, Chad says I was so disappointed when I cannot listen to you both on the zone anymore. Imagine how we felt, Chad. <laughs> However, your show is even better now. You have a great podcast. The main reason I listen is the faith element inspires and continues to motivate me. If faith were not a part of your show, I don't know that I'd make it a point to listen. Wow. So we better bone up our sports stuff then. He says, Bruce's snarky remarks were my only issues with the show in the past, but it's really nice hearing you both talk that through now with accountability from Chris, especially with Bruce's Twitter comments improving recently. They were getting to the point I almost wanted to unfollow him. Mm -hmm. Me too. I don't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Regarding your poll question, I would much rather watch games at St. John Arena than Value City. You sit much closer to the floor. It's more of a home court advantage. I wish they'd play at least one conference game there each season. I can see that. That's delicious. I like that. I'll get on on board for that. I really would. Yeah. He says, the other poll question, I would rather Ohio State attempt to win each game in the Big Ten tournament rather than lay down and exit in the second round. Like you want them to do. Like I did want them to do before it was Michigan State. Uh, there have been many teams in the past still do well in the NCAA tournament that won their conference tournament because they peaked at the right time instead of laying off for a few days to lose momentum well, and get rested. They'd have to play one that extra game. True. Could you imagine that? Well, they'd have to play if you if they get if you get your way, they'll play four in four days. Great, and they'll get to the NCAA tournament and their legs will be jello. And three days? Or what are you kidding? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Why? I mean, I don't understand why you think that. Because I've seen it happen. Well, then that's on the coach and on the strength staff and on the nutrition staff. If they can't get those kids to recover, I mean, what's the point? NBA guys do it all the time. This is true. They take, what do they call it, maintenance days off or whatever? Yes. This is from uh, Jeff. Jeff says, I'm with Chris. Never stop competing. Everyone is playing lots of minutes. Don't worry. They probably don't get to the final anyway. Yeah. (laughs) They probably don't. Uh, Doug says, Gentlemen, I really enjoy the podcast and the integration of faith, sports, and life. A few reactions, thoughts. I understand the rationale behind only playing two games in the Big Ten tournament. However, the true competitor will want to play as best they can for as long as they can. 
1960 championship team was a glorious collection of young men and a young coach. It broke my heart when they didn't win three in a row. I was a young lad and still hold UC in sustained contempt. We won't, wow. tell, Bill, we won't tell Bill Cunningham about that. He said, it was quite a number of years before I could root for the Reds. <laughs> You're correct. I should contact Dr. <laughs> Phil and get some help. Stay the course and keep the podcast going. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Good email. And our last one comes from Dan. Dan emails SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. During our church group tonight, we read a passage from Luke 6, 37 to 42 that made me think of you both. The first line is, stop judging and you will not be judged. The whole reading is about taking care of yourself before worrying about others. As we discussed this reading, our deacon said something that really resonated that I wanted to share. He said, in those instances, we should ask the Holy Spirit to be a listening spirit so that we can have healthy disagreements with people rather than being rude or snarky. We can hear the point of view through the Holy Spirit so we aren't quick to judge each other. I thought this would relate well to Bruce's Twitter journey and Chris's attempt to be better at having discussions with people he disagrees with. I will be praying for myself to use this to make myself better as well as you guys. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. That's interesting. That kind of dovetails with what I wanted to talk about today on the face side, which is disagreement and sowing seeds of disagreement and not looking for reasons to disagree. Uh, I was asked to speak yesterday at my church about a project we're undertaking. And, um, you know, everybody has opinions on projects and this, that, and the other. I actually have uh, done it, did this, I made a video uh, five months ago, but I'll share my experience. Go ahead. My message was just, you know, we are here and we're a group of believers and what's in our heart is what matters. And let's just make sure we keep Jesus and worshiping him first and foremost in our heart. Let's not get hung up on minutia. And what's done, the minutia? Um... Is it a? Is it? It's a. a it's a. It's a. It's a capital campaign. It's a. Or? It's a. It's a read. It's a refreshing of the church. They haven't done anything to the church in thirty years. They yeah. haven't done any carpet or anything like that. And you know, I'm like, you're really going to get hung up on the color of the carpet or what kind of chairs okay. we sit in or stuff like that. I'm like, let's just remember, like, I you get attached to a place. I get that, but you know, you're. Let's remember what we should be attached to first and foremost. That was that's good. My message. I like that. What was it? That's all you have today? Denominations. Well, I just sort of extrapolated that out to denominations. And denominations, there won't be any in heaven. Yeah. And I understand that some denominations make allowances for things that I would draw the line at. But I think sometimes, too, it's like, does it really matter if you're baptized, sprinkled, poured on, immersed? I know there are people who say yes. I would be like, baptism is a heart issue. Baptism is a profession of faith, a public profession of faith. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get hung up on whether I had I had a job application once at a Christian college where they wanted to know how I was baptized. Not that I was baptized, mm-hmm. but how I was baptized. And then I had to defend how I was baptized. Yes, like, that's very frustrating for me, too. Really? That's very frustrating. Those kinds of things, I, don't, I just don't think we need to look. There's enough in our society today. Do we need to look for reasons like you know the big furor this morning is? You call the coronavirus the Wuhan virus. That's supposedly racist to call it the Wuhan virus. So then I thought, well, is it racist to call it Lou Gehrig's disease? Is it racist to call it the swine flu? Are you racist toward pigs, mm-hmm. the bird flu? Like, can we just call something where it originated the first time? Like the swine flu, the bird flu, Lou Gehrig's disease, the Wuhan virus. I don't think anybody's blaming the Chinese people. It, it, it happened in Wuhan. If it had happened in Potascala, it'd be the Potascala virus. Yeah. So, I mean, just let's just not look for reasons to be disagreeable. Well, that's, yeah, I, I think let's look for reasons to be encouragers and not discouragers all the time, too. I think with, with the church that I'm involved with, and there's a capital campaign going on, and I thought about it, and I said, there's a, I think, People that um, use the church and find peace in the church have an obligation to uphold the maintenance of the church. There were people there that sacrificed and built it before you when we're long gone, when Bruce is long gone, and in the home home church, in heaven church, there are going to be people at your church that hopefully 
will be using it in uh, taking advantage of some of the physical changes yep. that you made. And I said on, I did a videotape for hours, and I said, that's our responsibility to, if the church is growing, it needs expansion. It needs more than one bathroom. <laughs> you know, it needs... Uh, Sunday school rooms. They need changing tables. Uh, Back in my yeah. era, there were no changing tables. Yeah, so you, we're going to add mean, changing tables I mean, or whatever but, it is. But I do think it's a responsibility for the congregation to take, uh, I guess, control of the situation and add to the church or make it nicer for those that are coming after you. You might enjoy it now yourself, but it's your responsibility to build upon that church and and to expand it and to grow it and to uh, hopefully keep it a nice place and and make it useful. I mean, change is coming, as I always tell everybody, change is coming and you either accept it or it will overtake you. Here's my spiritual thing today. And, you know, I, I don't consider myself a strong Christian. I think... I get a little frustrated. Either you either are or you're not, you know, because I, I think I'm on a graph or where I'm in waves, you know. I think that's very normal. It is very normal. And so. I don't think it's ideal. I just say it's normal. No, I, I mean, for the most part, I think I'm, I, my my belief never wavers. Correct. But my where are you question. The walking it out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. Yeah. Join the crowd. Wavers, yeah. So. Yeah. I was I was reminded of a, a verse in uh Mark nine twenty two through nine twenty four. I'm gonna pull it up here if you don't mind. I was actually gonna read a little no, bit of this. I, I would like to mention a verse in, in uh relation to what I shared. Yeah, and go I, ahead. I, I was talking Do it while about I'm looking this up. Not sowing seeds of discord. Uh Paul speaks and he says, As much as is possible, live at peace with other people. Okay. That acknowledges that sometimes it is not possible. For instance, um, there is a quote-unquote church that I have seen online in the Columbus area that advocates that abortion is okay, biblical even. Mm. I'm never going to be able to live at peace with that, okay? So it's not always possible, but on some things it is possible, and so as much as it is possible, uh, live at peace with other people. The point I made in church yesterday was uh, there are those who would say, hey, if we redecorate or we do this or that, this will give us the ability to bring more people in, and it'll help us grow the gospel. I'm not there. I believe what it has a greater capacity to do is Satan has a capacity to use any change to divide us and to dilute our worship and our unity. So I think the capacity uh, is always there, of course, to grow the church. But if people come to faith because the chandeliers are nicer, then they're probably putting their faith in the chandelier and not in the Savior. So I think we just have to check ourselves that we don't look for things to disagree on and betray the faith and the unity we uh, purport to represent. Yeah, I think that's an excellent message. But you also don't want to be sitting in a place where, uh, yeah, where the paint, lights are off. Yeah, lights. Yeah, <laughs> carpet's peel. coming up. I get dressed. Peel. I get dressed up to go to church. So I mean, I go to a special effort to look nice when I go to right. church. There's nothing wrong with expecting, uh, you know, maintaining God's house. Nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, this was this kind of hit me yesterday. Jesus heals a boy possessed by an impure spirit. Right. So it goes back to my whole thing about spiritual warfare. Well, this was actually back in Jesus' day. So when when they came to other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, the teachers of the law arguing with him. As soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. The crowd's arguing with the Pharisees. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who was possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciple to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Then Jesus says, 
you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell into the ground, rolled around, fell into the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, <laughs> take pity on us and help us. Now, here's the thing. There's one big word in there. What's the word? If. <laughs> but if you can if do you can. it. If you can, said Jesus. <laughs> if, I mean, I mean, like, if I can, like, are yeah. you, okay, well, if I can, well, hmm, let me think. Where's your yeah, faith? Yeah. Everything is possible for one who believes. You know, remember when he healed people, he says, go, he, a lot of times he said, your faith has healed you, right? Yes. And our faith might not necessarily always heal us physically, Um for those of us who've prayed for healing from loved ones, didn't get it, but our faith will always heal us, heal our soul. So immediately the boy's father explained, and this is the one that got me. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. But the whole point of that is, I, I pray that help me with my unbelief mm -hmm. a lot. It's not that I don't believe. It's just that I don't have confidence, I guess. Help me with my confidence in you. Does that make sense? Does that yeah. make a little bit more sense it than does. I believe? I think when we're in discomfort, yeah. we want comfort. We crave comfort. We want to be out of pain. We want to be we want those who are in pain that we love to be out of pain or out of exasperation or despair. And it's hard to stay in there and wait. I'm I'm not a patient person. Yeah. When you're waiting for comfort for others, it's doubly difficult. I try to reflect in those times on if I resort to the temptation to try to fix it myself, if you're struggling in your marriage and there's somebody at work that you're intrigued by and you're getting close to them and all that, you know you're going down a dangerous road. You know you shouldn't do it. And the more it goes, the more you think, I'm just, I'm just going to do this. I'll be, there's just so much comfort over there. What you're saying is, Lord, I don't believe you love me enough to fix my problem. Or... I'm bigger than you, and I'm going to take care of this one. Mm -hmm. uh, or, yeah, I really don't believe that this is going to uh, damage me and damage the people I love in some way. When you know in your heart you do. And I'm probably talking to people here who have faith or who are struggling in their faith at the moment with a tough decision. Uh, and I don't mean to minimize the toughness of some of the dilemmas. If you had, like uh, Chris and his family had, a prolonged problem where you feel like it's in God's will for uh, someone you love to be healed, uh, and they're not, that's a tough one, man. That's the toughest one. And so I'm not minimizing it. I'm just saying that um, you have to try to continue to take those daily steps, as you've said before, toward God, not run away from yeah. God. Well, the other thing, and I'll, I'll close with this for me, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about this. And I hear this a lot from people that maybe don't understand Christianity as much as they would like to. Is that God doesn't, uh, you know, he cares about all prayers. And the one thing I try not to do is pray small or pray little. Mm -hmm. um, if we do, then what are we saying to God? That he's a small God. That is a little God. And if we're intimidated or trepid about bold, big prayers, then we're saying God can't handle that. Mm -hmm. 
So I encourage you, and I heard this in church yesterday, to be bold in your prayer life, uh, to be brave in your prayer life. Don't be afraid for a miracle to happen. And they happen all the time. They happen every day. And, you know, it might, my experience is that I used to pray for grace for Stephanie's healing. Grace didn't come in the form of healing. Earthly healing. Grace, thank you. Grace came in the form of how um, we responded to her going home, where it was more of a celebration as opposed to a devastating loss. So that's my encouragement for you. Don't be shy. Pray big. It's okay. And when you get like me where you're struggling with, are you hearing me? Ask God to help you with your unbelief, just like the dude did with his son who was uh, sick, really sick. And Jesus helped him, even though he said, help me, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And he just had enough belief, though, that Jesus says that what a mustard seed can move a mountain. Just hang in there. Uh, we are on the cusp of becoming a uh, top 20 news and sports podcast on Apple, which we're excited about. So tell your friends, help us grow. Get your emails in, spielmanhooleypodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to win the uh, 100th podcast prize on Wednesday. Why, why are we not on a faith-related platform? They only give you one platform to be on, news and sports or faith. And it, so we pick news and sports because that's what we lead with. We can do faith if you want, but it's hard for people to find us then sometimes. Oh, it is. We'll have to have... Well, you're the CEO. We'll have to have these executive board meetings <laughs> often, like... <laughs> what, when the kids get out of school and the board is able to then yeah, meet? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at WeTackle, Instagram, Facebook. We're back Wednesday with the 100th episode of the Spielman and Hooley Podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>